What was he going to do? Beat I, you up? I actually think it is the Cork accent. I'm not going to lie. I, like, there is something about the Cork accent that makes it the most intimidating accent, accent of the 32 counties in Ireland, I think. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. And we're going to turn our attention to rugby, but I do want to give you some context just before that about a story emerging from the US last night. And this uh, relates to uh, the Miami Dolphins up against the Bengals and um, quarterback Tui uh, Tagoviola, who was hospitalised in that game. He was chased down and thrown to the turf by the Bengals' Josh Tupu in the first half. He remained down for more than seven minutes before being taken to hospital with reported head and neck injuries. And the Dolphins later said that they expected him to be discharged uh, and fly home with his team but of course it does again shine a spotlight particularly in NFL uh, in relation to the health and safety of their players it obviously uh, directly relates to a story that has emerged here this week in relation to three former Irish rugby players who'd lodged high court proceedings against uh, the RFU World Rugby in the provinces uh, as well, RFU uh, putting out a statement yesterday saying that player welfare is paramount. Uh, people have been moved by the stories, they say, constantly reviewing player safety protocols and that they won't be commenting again, of course, as it's all subdued to say for now. Alan Quinlan, good morning to you. Morning, Adrian. How are you? Good. First thoughts, obviously, on the back of all of that, uh, particularly in relation to the Irish players and uh, first thoughts for the players and their families. We don't yet know the extent as to uh, how they're exactly uh, suffering with this. Yeah, there's obviously no kind of statements other than that um, they're taking legal proceedings against um, World Rugby RFU and, and some of the provincial teams that they played for. So um, it's pretty alarming again to see it. Um, obviously, um, there's been a lot of talk about um, some of the English players, Welsh players who, um, and this has probably gathered momentum in the last probably 18 months, uh, 12 to 18 months about issues players are having off the field. Um, again, it's sad to see it. Um, and as you say, you know, your concern is there for the players and and how they're feeling and what they're going through and what kind of symptoms they have. We don't have any kind of detailed explanation or interviews from, from the three three players well, who, ju- just three on, Irish players just on that Quinny yeah so it's like David Corkery uh, Declan Fitzpatrick and Ben Marshall are the three players that are involved and I did see there was a piece with uh, David Corkery and Rugby Pass from a few months ago where he talked about being worried about headaches he said when I played I had no respect for my body I got knocked out I woke up and a few se- few seconds later I was playing again that's not right he says that's not the way it should have been and it just jumped out at me as to be within uh, with contrast to the statement from the RFU saying that player welfare is paramount and he would have been in your vintage David Corkery was it always paramount? Um, no it wasn't probably always paramount to the point that um, you had the HIA and a lot of changes have happened in recent years and you know we've I've, I've, we can all remember seeing players getting heavy knocks and kind of returning to the field and it's a natural inclination for players to, to go back out there I think um, what's happened in re- recent years has been very, um, very, very much welcomed. Um, and I always speak about this and say, well, you know, at the top level, they're still not getting it completely right. But, you know, there's independent doctors looking at players and taking them off the field. We saw the one with Jeremy Lockman in the, the Maori game in, um, at the start of July in the New Zealand tour. How he was allowed to stay on was... was um, 
you know, was wrong. Uh, the player was clearly um, concussed and took a heavy knock, uh, wobbled on his feet a little bit and ends up playing some more minutes in the game. Um, he was taken off by the Irish management, but um, it is, it's not, it's far from perfect, you know, and, and I obviously played when you get those heavy knocks and you kind of get the magic sponge or a bit of water and dust yourself off and go again. So, um, and you'd have had no idea, Quinny, at that time. Like, there was no... It's, I don't want to be putting words in your mouth. It doesn't appear that there was any support in the background to say that's not the smartest thing. At that time, it was almost a badge of honour that you would get the knock and get up and get on with it. Yeah, it was, I suppose. And um, uh, that that happened. It happened regularly. It happened um, pretty much... <laughs> if the player could dust himself down and, and feels he could carry on, you know, they went back in the field. Of course, we all had doctors and medical people who would check you. But um, obviously, this is something that has really kind of uh, is a real concern for people. And it has been in the last number of years, given the physicality of players, um, the conditioning of them, the, you know, the head high tackles and, and the zero tolerance around that were, were was brought in a number of years ago to try and, reduce the impacts, you know, shoulder charges to, to, to head and neck areas are, are, you know, prohibited and, uh, you know, not accepted in the game now. And there's a lot of frustration. Sometimes you hear, you read comments online of the game has gone soft and all that, but the game has not gone soft. I think whatever happened in the past, Adrian, is out of my control, your control, and, and maybe, you know different unions and world rugby but I think the changes are very positive that doesn't fix the solution for players who played in that era and I did play with David Corkery and David David would have been somebody who had no regard for you know his, his body as regard that's a very kind of probably wrong statement in the that's situation what he says himself, made, but, yeah. yeah but he was someone who just was so physical and just piled into everything and was, was as hard as nails and uh, and let's hope it's okay. he's okay. I don't know where this is all going to end up. Um, there's part of me thinks, you know, for any of the players who are suing different unions or world rugby, you know, we all kind of, uh, we all signed up to a physical game and is there liability there? I don't know. Um, you know, it's it's certainly setting a precedent in the game. We've seen probably a lot of stuff that's happened in, in, in uh, NFL over the years where, there has been cases and awards of money for for different players who struggled with um, with different sorts of um, you know trauma after playing the game and head knocks and injuries and depression and mental health problems, dementia, all that kind of stuff. But it's certainly concerning. But I keep going back to you know there has been a, a number of positive changes in the game in recent years, but it's still a worry and a concern and. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't know where these cases are going to end up and who's liable and who's not liable, but no, and it's, it's obviously, obviously worrying for, for the families and the players if, if they are being, if they are affected and, and um, going through tough situations from it. Yeah, correct. And that, that is definitely where your, where your thoughts turn to in the first instance. And um, obviously the element of it all being 
Subdued to say, and uh, we will see how all that aspect of it plays out. Can I just ask you one last one? In terms of, like, it's almost been surprising because the cases have been spoken about, there's so many of them high-profile cases that have emerged generally in relation to English and Welsh players and Scottish players. It's been less so over here. This is the first time, really, that we've had it. It's almost been surprising in some ways that it's taken so long. Is there much chatter about it um, behind the scenes with the with the rugby community that would have come up uh, through your vintage, Quinny? Not really, to be honest, Adrian. Um, that's why I didn't know about Corks, to be honest, you know. So I, that's why I was a surprise. I didn't see that article and I didn't, you know, I, I remember Declan Fitzpatrick having to retire and, you know, I remember reading about that. Um, I knew Declan pretty well. He was in Irish squads when I was there. Um, I didn't know about Ben Marshall either. Um, so there's not a, there's not a lot of talk, you know. If you're asking, is there talk between you know the monster WhatsApp group, former players? No, I haven't heard that. Mm. Uh, any talk about it? I think there's been conversations of, you know, in, in people in general in the public might have mentioned it to me, you know, when some of the articles were on the papers about um, the English and, and and Welsh players in the last year or two. Um, just in passing, you know, that um it's a concern and it's a worry and and it's something that is a concern and a worry but no real chatter amongst amongst our, our you know our, my vintage really uh, but everybody's conscious and aware of it and people are a little bit afraid of it as well because um you don't want to comment on it and kind of you know we all kind of love the game and know it's very physical there's part of me thinks you know it's a physical game we all knew that going into the game but the question is then could more have been done throughout that period to you know if the HIAs were there back in the 90s um, would it have made a big difference it's all down to resources and and finances and protocols and all this kind of stuff Um, it's a little bit like mental health stigma around mental health you know positive changes have happened in recent years you know there's similarities in, in saying that you know, someone speaking out about their mental health is seen as a weakness, uh, perceived as a weakness where you get a head knock in a match and you kind of go off and it's a big game and your teammates are looking around, you know, mm. they visually can't see blood or they can't see a broken bone. Um, why isn't that player coming back on the field? And the perception uh, is that the player does come back on the field and that's the way it was. Mm. And it probably was, it wasn't right. No, well, exactly, and that's the case that the three players will make and that others have made um, in great depth, obviously, across the water as well, that there should have been more information about it. Obviously, science, the scientific advances weren't where they're at uh, now, and uh, that conversation continues, but um, we'll see exactly how it all plays out. Not entirely unrelated, the Bundyaki affair, obviously, from South Africa last weekend, where he gets red carded and he's since picked up an eight-week ban. And the context of that, obviously, is the general conversation about this exact topic and the impact of of, um, tackles like that on players. Your view on the eight-week ban? Um, Well, it's it's a lengthy ban, isn't it? And it's a costly one, because, um, and it's a costly one, particularly for Connacht first, but then for Ireland as well in November. where, but I suppose I, I I think it's the reaction that that kind of makes it worse for him and, and takes away a little bit of sympathy from some people. I do feel for him a little bit. Um, I think he's had a couple of sending offs. You know, the one Billy Bonapola against England. Um, I think that's unlucky. Uh, I think the one at the World Cup um, again. 
the player dips in against the mall, it's unlucky. Uh, but you've got to change behaviours. Their tackle situations, um, and he does tackle very hard and he's very physical. But the one last week, obviously, again, <clears throat> it's a it's a split moment decision where a player is kind of locked onto the ball. But you've just got to be careful. That's just the reality. And it goes back to the debate about you know people saying the game, sending offs or ruining the game, and you get a lot of that in the southern hemisphere when you see players getting sent off in, in, in tri-nations or big test matches in the last couple of years um, it, they don't agree with it and it should be a 20 minute uh, red card scenario I don't agree with that either but players have got to change their behaviours right across the board with the high tackles and the impacts and particularly the impact the player there is going to Stormers player is going to pinch the ball or get a, a penalty so Bundyaki you know probably knows no other way there but just try and get him out of there as quick as he can he makes contact with the player it's reckless I don't think there's an intent to hurt the player that player now is out for a period of time and months we just months yeah and it's it's um, and that's the the price look at the Darcy Swain incident a few weeks ago where Quint Tupaya he's out for nine months you know Darcy Swain gets six weeks like that's, what? What? I don't it, agree with that. On the specifics of the Aki situation, is there anything you can do about that other than either ban jackling entirely or just change it so significantly away from where it's at at the minute? Is there any other solution to that? Because I don't know because I see a lot of comments online about uh, you know ban the jackal and stuff. Well, you'll never get the ball back from the opposition then unless they drop it. Is there any way and to change it in your experience or from looking um, at it over the last few years? Yeah, I think if you if you if you maybe had a situation where the first player has got to step over the ruck and not play the ball and the second guy can have a go because obviously then if you have one player that steps over that situation and tries to counter ruck that maybe uh, the second guy will be a li- little bit more protected because there'll be some players in front of him and he won't have that kind of impact from 20 yards. I don't know, but obviously this is something that's going to come up about this jackal because we've seen a lot of injuries Look at Gavin Coombs last year with the Devon Toner one against Leinster. Absolutely no intention for Devon Toner to injure Gavin Coombs, but it's a, it's a side entry that wasn't pick up, picked up. Dan Levy a couple of years ago, his career is over because of that side entry. So you're talking about taking the impact away from the back of the head and neck area. And then, you know, we would have practiced a lot of lifting the leg and, and we call it the lever, get, get in under that leg. But if you're coming in at that side angle, and trying to get the player a little bit side on. Your entry point is supposed to be square. You're, you're, you're risking lower limb injuries for players. So it's it's something that probably needs to be looked at. But ultimately, the simplest way of, of preventing this is you can't charge in from that distance and drop your shoulder into the back of a player's head or neck. And that's just the reality of it. Mm. So we don't see those sort of impacts um, very, very often. And they're policed very well. And, um, you know, so I just think you, you go back to the Peter Mahoney one against Wales and a few years ago and, you know, he makes contact with Thomas Francis, but it's not one of those ones where you're charging from a big distance and it's a red card and he got three-week ban for it. Um, I saw someone who make it a comment, well, Bundyaki shouldn't be getting this, you know, this ban is pretty severe. He deserves it, but Peter Mahoney didn't get it a few years ago. They're different incidents and... I think because obviously 
you know, he has had two kind of situations with referees in the last couple of years. One against Ian Davies in 2017, where he questioned his decisions during the game and after the game. He got a three-match three ban for that. He had one last year with Matthew Reynal against against Leicester, where you know he questioned Matthew Reynal when when uh, yeah Samaki scored right at the end of the game in the 79th minute to win the game for Leicester. It looked like he possibly was in touch. The crowd were going mad, and you know he had words with Matthew Reynal, and obviously he apologised after that. Mm. I I just think Bowden Bunby has got to be careful. I think he's a brilliant fella. He's emotional and he sometimes has got to control that emotion and I don't think there was any intention to go in and hurt them. the intention last week is a split decision of get the player out of there um, we're after making a line break here it has to stop though and it's the same I hope I'm making a point Adrian it's the same thing with players picking and go around the fringes you just cannot be going with that shoulder kind of impact anymore mm. players running at you you cannot be the danger here is that last impact, if you get that wrong, that little surge forward, if you're going to try to put in a big tackle on someone, you've got to, you're in risky territory. You've got to nearly accept a tackle or else wrap a little bit more, um, yeah. particularly on the pick and goes. The clean outs, he's got to try and kind of get his hands over the back of the player and flip him over. And that's, it's just about behaviors. And it's a shame for him. Uh, but it's not a surprise that it's gone to that. You know, he was put in the higher entry point and was reduced down and then brought back up again for, you know, for, for previous um, uh, disciplinary issues. Yeah. And I feel for him because, you know, he's a good player. But we've got, again, it's kind of like the head injury stuff. There's a there's a player in, in from the Stormers who's out for a number of months. Um, and this is an important part of protecting players in the game and players' behaviours have just got to change. Um, we want to look at the obviously the games this weekend. I the Leinster Ulster game tonight obviously is a game that we'll focus on. But I have to go to the back page of the Irish Daily Mail this morning, an exclusive by Rory Keane here, and definitely uh, caught me on the hop a little bit. Scotland switch on horizon for Ulster's Cooney. He asks, this is uh, John Cooney, um, Ireland international, but not that recently, not by his own choosing, but not by his own ambition. He says recently that uh, it's sort of moved off the radar a bit for him, which is understandable. It's been a couple of years since his last cap. His dad is from Glasgow. Scott Johnson had approached him 10 years ago to go and play for Scotland. Obviously, the Ireland opportunities come up in the meantime, and that was preference at that time. But he would soon be eligible, indeed, uh, 32 years of age, before the uh, World Cup next year, could be uh, in a Scotland shirt. It's amazing, isn't it? It's something that, uh, again, I'm not sure if it would be for me, but it's an individual preference. Um, I think that, obviously... You know, he's 30, John Cooney's 32. There's a frustration there probably that he has more caps. I think he probably should have more caps and more opportunities. Um, and there's an opportunity now to probably go to a World Cup with Scotland. I'm not sure what the Scottish players would think or Scottish scrum halves coming through if, if, if John Cooney went. Well, to, he's not going to oust Ali Price anyway, Quinny, anyway, right? Like that's the first pick and then you're hoping to get into a squad after that. Yeah, and, and I'm not really sure of, of there's a couple of young scrum halves there in Scotland, but mm. it's um, it, it, it's an opportunity. And another part of me thinks, why not? You know, it's um, I know I, it, it'd be strange seeing him in a Scottish shirt, but I think a lot of people would would say, well, um, agree with the frustration that he hasn't got more caps here, but he did get some opportunities. He plays very well for Ulster. 
and he can feel a little bit hard done by but it would be very strange obviously to see him go to a World Cup with Scotland whether it'll happen or not he's eligible in the, in the, in the new year um, there's a lot of debate about the project players and there has been for a long time and now these new el- eligibility rules um, just look at Fekitoa he's playing for Tonga now Israel Falau playing for Tonga um, it's certainly going to benefit a lot of um, you know the the Pacific nations with New Zealand and Australia players who are not playing there maybe have played one or two caps before strengthening them a little bit but mm. um, I'm sure Gregor Townsend would take John Cooney he's a brilliant player and has you know showed us last week weekend again how good he can be He's destined to line out at the Stade de France on October the 7th uh, for the Pool B match, isn't he? Like, it's absolutely written in the stars. There'll be a couple of injuries. It'll be uh, John Cooney against Johnny Sexton in the greatest showdown we never knew we needed. But uh, after their war of words, was it last year? Um, I can. It's definitely, it's destined to happen. Come here, they, obviously, Belfast tonight, that um, Sexton included James Ryan, Kelleher, Will Connors all on the Leinster bench. It's a serious um, looking bench, but should be a tight enough game. Yeah, it's a very strong Leinster side, but you know, I just think uh, the end. I often people again. Uh, I just think the the continuity and selection here, particularly in that Ulster side, both from minimal changes, Leinster strengthened, um, and I think Ulster have played brilliantly. I think you know to score, you know, score five tries against against uh, Connacht in the first game, and then to score seven tries last week over against the Scarlets. They're obviously. You know, flying high, playing really well, um, and you know, a real danger and a threat with the ball. I think, obviously, in the Connacht game, their forwards were very, very dominant. It's going to be a different story against Leinster tonight. Um, you know, with Jack Conan is back with them. He's, it's a big season for someone like Jack Conan. I think he really wants to kind of um, get back to the heights that we saw when he was picked in the Lions tour and the season he had that year. Um, Jason Jenkins has been going well for Leinster. He's, you know, in the first two games, I know it's very yeah. early doors, but, you know, Leinster have scored 12 tries themselves, you know, uh, in their first two games. Um, obviously, there was a lot of mall tries last week against Zebra, but um, that should be a cracker of a game. And Leinster have, also have caused Leinster problems in the last few years, both in Dublin and, you know, in Belfast. So um, it's certainly one to look forward to tonight. Uh, Zebra this weekend for your boys this has to be the game where they start to look a bit more cohesive it has to be but um, just talking about the continuity of the, pre- the Ulster and Leinster you know Munster are probably going to be chopping and changing again they have a number of injuries um, the depth in the squad um, with the 10 players away at the you know in at the Emerging Ireland Tour so it's it's going to be a very very tricky and dangerous game you know Zebra scored five tries against Leinster and they scored five tries against the Sharks last week. So they've shown how dangerous they can be with ball in hand. And, you know, for Munster, it's, they're in a tough place. They're, you know, I think they can get out of it and they will get out of it. Um, but this is a tricky one and it's a, you know, their confidence would have been dented from last week. They, Graham Rountree was pretty honest in his assessment. So and the players would have been hurting themselves. So they've got to get a reaction and try and find a performance and get some bit of confidence back into the group because, you know, they go to Galway next week and um, I, I sometimes you think, is it is should it be performance-driven or, or the result? I think Munster have to get a result here. Mm. I think they just got to... And, and 
I would say maximum five points. They've got to get the five points here and um, it's all down to how they start the game and try and minimise the mistakes that we've seen the last couple of weeks. They've got to really fix um, some of those basic errors and problems that they've had. Yeah, very similar story for Connacht uh, who are at the Bulls tonight. David Hawkshaw 10, another province under fire. See how they go. Quinny, enjoy the rugby over the weekend. Thanks, million. Cheers. Thanks, Adrian. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.